As a transformation career coach and culture and people leader, my goal is to help career-oriented humans get unstuck so that they can shine brighter in business and in life. I believe that you deserve a career that lights you up because spoiler alert, it also impacts how bright you shine in your life. This season, each week, we will focus on a key skill that you need to shine at work and inspirational stories on ways to navigate your career. Because I know what it feels like when your light is dim. I made a career change from theater to HR and now expanded to coaching. And at times in my life, I had to take a look deep inside to see what was most important, what made me shine bright and make adjustments along the way. It's possible. I did it. My guests did it. And I help others do it every day. I hope you walk away from each episode, not just inspired, but with some actionable advice. And I hope that you find it so valuable that you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and tell your friends because we all deserve to shine bright in our lives, specifically at work. Okay, let's jump in into this week's episode. Before we start today's episode, let me ask you a question. How are those New Year's resolutions going? If you're like me, and lots of other people I know, by the way, You start the year off strong in January with a great plan to hit your goals, you hire the trainer, you sign up for the class, you start journaling, you get up early, you bookmark some job sites, all of the things that we think are going to take us to that place we want to be in the new year. Then life starts to get in the way. You slip a little, you get distracted, you miss one week, then you really start to miss some of those goals and you don't see the impact you wanted and your motivation drops and drops and drops which is natural. You're not seeing the impact because you aren't taking the steps to get there. I've been there. I've been there this year. And like I said, we are not alone. According to a psychological study, 64% of people abandon their resolutions after just one month. Personally, I have not gotten on the Peloton as much as I wanted to. It's not because I don't want to. I love doing it, but something isn't clicking. I've got a blocker and I can't figure out what that is. So I actually work with my own wellness coach to figure out what is blocking me from hitting that goal. So you can do the same. You can also be part of that 36% that actually hit their goals. And I can be that person to help you. I work with people one-on-one to help them get unstuck and shine bright in their career and life. My unstuck framework helps people specifically unshackle yourself from your current mindset, i.e. let go of the past and remove labels, nail your new career target, identify where you want to go next, slay your skills, in other words, identifying your transferable skills, talk to everyone. This is just networking 101 stuff that we'll go through so that you feel more comfortable reaching out to people. Then we're going to unlock your new brand. So how do we position yourself through your resume, through LinkedIn, through telling your story for the thing that you're trying to achieve? Then you're going to crush your interviews, which is just a bunch of prep, practice, and working through what kind of questions you might get and how to talk through some of the gaps that you might have so that you can kick butt in your career. You're going to land the gig and set yourself up for success. So do you want to get unstuck? Sound like something that you might need a little help with? That's why I'm here. And the amazing thing is that it's not just about your career. It's actually about living the life that you want to live. That's right for you in this moment. That's what this is all about. That by working together, you'll gain the tools that you need, the support you need, the confidence you need to identify the right career path and land a new job to shine bright both at work and in life. So if all this sounds good and you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't want to be part of the two thirds that doesn't hit their goals so soon in their career, 
You can email me directly at karen at karendweeks.com or use any of the links in the podcast to connect with me through my website, on my Instagram, or through LinkedIn. Let's connect to help you achieve your goals this year and shine at work. Now onto our regularly scheduled programming. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have my friend Alex with me on today's episode. Alex and I have known each other for a while, and we have a real passion around helping people navigate burnout and work through their mental health concerns and make sure they're as healthy as possible, especially when they're thinking about their career. Um, We've partnered together for the last couple of years, so I'm so excited for him to both share his own story, but then also help us make sure we are navigating our own burnout as best as possible. So Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. Excited to be here and spend some quality time with you. This is yes, great. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm so fortunate to have gotten to know you over the years. Um, I I really appreciate your story and your vulnerability with your own story and sort of how you got to where you are today. So would love to kind of rewind a little bit and have you share more about your own career and how that brought us to meet and all of the things we'll then talk about next. Sure. Well, I guess, uh, so Currently, I'm the co-founder and CEO of, of Boone Health, which you know well, but before that, my career kind of started more in the finance route. So I am a CPA by background. I spent about six years working in investment banking and private equity. And you, know, you hear a lot about kind of the toxic work environment-ish of being in investment banking. And for me, it was the traditional 80 to 100 hour work weeks stressed, anxious, burnt out, everything that you hear about in that industry. And for me, I ended up getting introduced to therapy and meditation and later coaching during that experience. And all of those things had a pretty transformational impact on my life. And I had a couple of realizations going back into the workplace. One of them being that all of my colleagues seemed miserable and depressed, no. or not, not depressed, burnt out. Sorry. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. All of my colleagues <laughs> seemed miserable and burnt out. Uh, and secondly, all my employer had at the time for our mental or professional well being was an employee assistance program, mm. which I came to find was how 75 to 80% of all companies were approaching mental health for their employees yeah. and absolutely serves a purpose in the workplace. But EAPs are really designed more for crisis management than anything. Mm-hmm. So they're meant for substance abuse, suicide ideation, feeling depressed. Here is this hotline and we will put you in touch with somebody. And so one to 3% average utilization, stigmatized. A lot of employees don't even know it exists at their own company. And so that was really my journey to finding Boone and really trying to provide a more accessible means for mental well-being in the workplace through a personalized one-to-one coaching platform where we were actually, instead of thinking about it from a crisis perspective, thinking about it from, okay, how can we personalize an experience and create a real relationship between the employees of these companies who are experiencing stress, anxiety, burnout, all the things that I was experiencing in my own journey and career, and how can we provide an accessible, approachable resource that employees will actually want to use and use consistently. Um, so that's kind of the, 
the short story. <laughs> well, and um, a couple of really great points that I want to sort of um, dig deeper on is one, putting my HR hat on for a second. I get the EAP thing like that used to be, hey, we have this EAP and it will help you and you get free sessions. And first of all, no one ever remembered it, even in cultures where we talked about it a lot. Um, but also to your point, it is, it's a band-aid. It's not an actual solution. It's great for those moments when you need them, but it's not an ongoing solution. And it's also not a proactive solution potentially. Um, so I'm, especially over the last couple of years, as people have changed how they thought about their mental health as companies have recognized the importance of it finally uh, in supporting it. I agree that like that it's a start, but it's not enough. Um, and I think that's one thing that I was really impressed with when I first met you and we talked more about Boone was that it is more, how can we help employees where they are versus waiting to get to that crisis moment? And HR goes, oh, well, there's this thing that might help you in this particular moment. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think, you know, one of the things that we found really interesting was the idea that while we started off as a business that was trying to provide the most accessible mental well-being solution in the workplace, that was our, that was our mission. And what we found was that even though we were, we were messaging ourselves that way, we found that about half the people using our service were actually perceiving us at least in some part as a professional development tool. So we started to take a step back and really think about, well, there's really such an intersection taking place between mental well-being and professional development. Burnout is a, is a specific topic that's just kind of really intertwined between those two things. And so, you know, the messaging has kind of shifted from being this accessible mental well-being resource to really being an all-in-one personal and professional growth tool for employees, depending on what they're looking to work on. And, and to be honest, that's where I feel like the industry is headed. And, mm -hmm. you know, you think about traditional behavioral health solutions, you know, the mental health exclusive element of what's being talked about, it is, it is missing the mark a little bit because so much of what people want to talk about is not just mental in nature. It's also professional and vice versa. And so that's been kind of an interesting theme that we've seen develop. And I'm sure you've been seeing that with your people as well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think this goes back to something that I've talked about so much more lately is that we are whole humans. And while I've always believed that, you know, especially these last couple of years, we don't even have the boundaries anymore where we can pretend that those lines exist, even though I don't think they ever really did. Um, and so now when I think about even my own experiences, when I work with my coaches and I have several of them, um, you know, all the conversations end up overlapping or when I work with folks on helping them navigate their careers, we'll be talking about their career, but then something from their personal life will show itself. We're like, hold on. We got to talk about this for a second because this is obviously impacting how you're feeling about your search or about your career. Um, and that's one thing that I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about when you were talking about your previous life. And I do yeah. think some industries, jobs, whatever category you want to sort of blame this on, yeah. is sort of, it's accepted that like burnout happens and toxicity is there and all of the negative connotations with some of these industries. Yeah. So, Investment banking is uh, kind of seen as like a, it's like your two years rite of passage mm. to, to do what you want to go do in finance. But first you got to go do two years of investment banking and suck it up and <laughs> burn yourself out for two years. That, that oh, is, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but it's horrible. Yeah. Um, 
So, so before we talk about like how to navigate burnout in other situations, do you have any advice for folks? Because you are, you are one of those people that are in that space that for whatever reason, they're like, no, I want to see this through. I, I, I either chose this career for a reason, or I like the work or whatever, how can they still protect their own health and their own, um, you know, mental well-being, even if they are choosing to stay in that kind of environment? Yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I think for me, like finding gratitude is always really important, but I think even more important than that has been building consistent habits into my life. And I've kind of gotten to the point where, and I, I didn't have this while I was working in investment banking, but I've kind of gotten to the point now where I, I have very high self-awareness as to like what, what keeps me healthy mentally and physically and what I need to do in order to be in my best state. And so for me, I'm making sure that I'm getting enough sleep, which is difficult to do when you're working <laughs> 85 <laughs> to 90 hours a week. I need to be working out three, three days a week at a minimum, or it's going to have a pretty negative impact. And, you know, if it's 20, 30 minutes, fine, like just break a sweat and, and just make sure you're getting that time in. And then I also have a therapist who I see on either like a weekly or biweekly basis. And I have a coach mm-hmm. and, you know, those, those are really like my, I guess, four pillars that I think about. And I, you know, I eat well too, but I think it's kind of to each their own, a yeah. little bit. but I've gotten to the point where I have gone through extended periods of time where like, I haven't been doing those things mm-hmm. and I have really noticed the adverse effects of that. And so I think really getting into healthy habits and just committing to doing those things over time and just getting an understanding of like what makes you tick in certain ways has been really important for me and just kind of my journey overall. Um, And I wish I would have kind of discovered that earlier on in life, but I think you kind of have to, to go through some stuff to be able to get there. Yeah. Well, and it's really a great point about figuring out what works for you. And it's funny that you mentioned habits so many times, because actually another guest on this season is talking all about habit uh, forming and how to be like a great, uh, how to build healthy habits. So this will all tie nicely together. Um, But I think, you know, calling out what's important to you. One thing that I work with folks and suggest to people on is Um, you know, it doesn't, if journaling sounds too woo woo for you, that's fine, but just sort of tracking when you feel good and when you don't and what's going on for you at those moments. Cause to your point, maybe you start to recognize that you are someone who needs a lot of sleep or how you're fueling your body, or you got outside or you stretched, or it doesn't have to be some monumental thing, but if you start to track those things, you'll see what does help you uh, feel better so that even when you're in times of stress and sometimes you can't get out of those, you can at least try to bring in those moments that will help you feel as good as possible. hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, the, the underlying theme with all of this is, uh, and this is a big theme, the central theme at Boone really is around resilience. Mm-hmm. And it's like in these tough times, how are you able to adapt to adversity and how quickly are you able to bounce back? And, and that's really the, the foundation of our coaching. And it's kind of, you know, the, the background on that is kind of from my own experience, like being burnt out, going through adverse times, like wanting to have that skill set to really be able to bounce back quickly. And, you know, you think about 
the the correlation and intersection that that has in the workplace like it's just it, it really is at the root of so many so many people's challenges we're all going to face adversity there is no life without stress or anxiety or whatever but there is there is a a very big a very big impact you can make on your own life to bounce back more quickly and to work on those sorts of skills so um so that's just kind of the the overarching theme that we have yeah, absolutely. And we're going to tap into that in one second. Before we go there, just because you happen to mention you have a coach and a therapist, yeah. there are still people, which I totally understand, and I get this question, who are still trying to figure out the difference between therapist and coach. Do yeah. you mind sharing your perspective on the difference between the two? Yes, we we get this question a lot <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, and it's so it's so funny. Like I, you know, I never I never even knew what a coach was. And I, I just thought of like, okay, well, if I'm having mental health concerns, I'm talking to a therapist mm -hmm. and the way that I've really broken it down. And this might, this is a little bit simplistic, but the, the, the therapy side is it's much more past oriented. So mm -hmm. you're dealing with some challenge in your life. It's really more about, okay, let's, let's understand those childhood thoughts and behaviors and fears of inadequacy or whatever, whatever sorts of uh, kind of root causes of that issue were from way back when process those feelings, understand what they're all about, but it's, a, it's very much process oriented. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we think about coaching, it's very much goal oriented. So mm -hmm. you're kind of identifying the challenge or goal that you're working on. So I'm having, I'm struggling to cope with stress and anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's develop a game plan to help you better cope with stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Certainly there is going to be some overlap in terms of, okay, understanding where that stress and anxiety is coming from yeah. so that we can develop that game plan. But what, what I've really found in my, in my work is that my therapy is much more just like really gaining so much self-awareness around like yeah. what, what these fears are coming from, why these feelings are arising and, and really having to just process a lot of that, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily about developing a game plan for how to tackle that moving forward. And that's really where my coaching comes in. And I, you know, I, I think everybody could benefit from having both, but yeah. I know it's not, I realize it's not for everybody. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I found coaching to be a lot more approachable for the average person. I think mm -hmm. that's why, you know, we ended up doing that with Boone, but ultimately, you know, you see the benefits of both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, there's different times when you do different things in your life too. So there are times yeah. where, you know, I personally have much been in more of a crisis mode where I needed my therapist to really help me unearth what was causing that. While at other times, I'm, to your point, I'm thinking more about how am I managing my day-to-day -to -day today? Where do I want to go? Where I feel like my coaches have more impact there. And, and neither is right or wrong. It's just, you need different things at different times, or you need both in your life. And, and any version of that is okay. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I've been, there've been several times where I've just been like, you know, whether it be frustrated, stressed, anxious, don't know what's causing it. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not always going to be able to find the answer yourself. And like, that's, that's where my therapist has just been like a godsend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helping, helping uh, just kind of discover what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so as we were talking about 
how this overlaps with people's careers. Cause I agree with you, you know, we definitely are stress, burnout, career goals, personal development, professional development, like it all kind of starts to overlap. And so, especially as I help people with their careers and people who are listening to this podcast are trying to navigate sort of, do they want to make a career change? Are they happy where they are? And they're just feeling frustrated. How do I find something brand new? How do you, um, what tips do you have for folks to navigate those career thoughts while not burning themselves out. Cause like this should be an exciting time. You're thinking about a new job. You're thinking about a new career. You're trying to get a promotion, but with that comes a lot of stress uh, and that often tends to lead to burnout. So what advice would you have for people to try to avoid it or how to deal with it when it happens, when they're thinking about a career change? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a loaded question. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I mean, you you hear there's an article every day about the great resignation mm. and people are leaving their companies in droves like they never have before. And you know, it seems like there there really is an element of like the grass is always greener mm. over here sort of thing. And I, I, I would just encourage encourage folks, whether you're, you know, you're looking for a promotion, looking for a new job, looking for some sort of transition, you know, just, just really being self-aware that this is not coming from an emotional place and in that you're really grounded in your decision-making around everything. And I think, uh, you know, that, that would be the biggest thing for me, because I, I think even in my own career, like, you know, fears of inadequacy, fear of failure, fears of, of other things have at times, you know, shaped my emotions and the way I think about wanting to do certain things. So, you know, what is it that's driving your decision to want to go, you know, join a startup or join some other company? Is it you want to go do this for the right reasons or is it really kind of dealing with something else more internally? So mm-hmm. I, I would really just encourage people to just make sure that they're coming at this from a grounded place. I think the millennial and Gen Z generation has shown that they have, they are more of a generation where it's about values. It's about mission purpose. Do I feel connected to my employer? And that is, I believe going to be something that is, you know, this is not just a fad. This is going to be, this is this generation. Um, But I would just encourage you to be able to just really take a step back and, and be grounded. Well, and I think, and I feel like I say, especially over the last two years, I feel like I say that so often, but I think it has also a literally shaped how people think about their careers. Because if this was, if these two years were earlier in your career, this is how you've started your sort of adult life is with all of this chaos around you. So I definitely think that forms who you're going to be as a, a person and a professional, but I also think it is really brought in, it's really helped people bring their heads up and say, oh, wait a minute, if I'm going to do all this work, whether it's 80 hours or 50 hours or whatever, I better like what I do. I better feel connected to my company. I better feel like my company cares about me. And so I think it's just also helped people realize there's more to life than all the hours of work that we're doing. So if we're doing all those hours, it better be worth it. Um, And I, it's, I love it when 
podcast episodes overlap and I don't even like plan for it. I hope it, but it does happen, but it happens. Um, so an episode that at this point will have come out a couple of weeks ago was all about sort of the, do I stay or do I go? Um, a friend of mine calls it love it or list it with your careers. Um, so really identifying, are you just having a bad day or is this really a consistent theme and it's yeah. no longer the right place for you? Yes. That's the root exact root of what I'm saying. And I think, uh, you know, in today's, in today's world, being in this remote world where you're, you know, you can feel isolated, you yeah. can feel like it's harder to connect with your team, all of those sorts of things. Like it, it really is a question you need to be asking yourself on a more consistent basis, but it's also a question that employers need to be asking themselves mm -hmm. on a more consistent basis around like this challenge is now becoming so much more prevalent at the individual level what can I, what can I do to really maintain that level of culture and connectedness and all of those things that it takes to, to maintain, uh, your strong employee base. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, you know, sort of then taking that, if you do decide to go, um, recognizing that job searching, even in a hot market, like today, job searching does take a while it's exhausting because you got to talk to a lot of people. There's a bunch of interviews. You got to do networking, all of the things. It's worth it when you land your new new job, but to also recognize that it's its own job of its own is the actual job search. So being kind to yourself, going back to what you're saying about what helps you stay healthy and really making sure you keep those habits while you're doing your job search because you will burn out fast or you will get stressed or you'll get exhausted or um, you know, feel like you're never going to find something or even feel more isolated because you're doing all these interviews virtually, if that's the case. So taking care of yourself during a job search, I think is just as important as when you're at your current job. Yep. And I, I also think there's a, there is an element of like, you know, folks feeling like, okay, well, if I, if I find this new job every, you know, yes. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be burnt out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, life is going to be amazing. But the reality is, you know, once that honeymoon period is over, yeah. you're going to have those same struggles and thoughts and, uh, you know, things, things might be better at that company, but ultimately, you know, I've just found that like finding, finding gratitude outside of work has been, uh, has been something that's just kind of helped me feel a little bit more grounded where, you know, you're not, you're not relying so much on, you know, the, the passion or the, or just like following your passion for work or, or whatever that might be. Um, because ultimately we've, we found that like the, these people who are job hopping and going to new places, it's like once that honeymoon period is over, okay, you're, you're kind of back to square one with those initial thoughts and feelings that you had where you left your, your old company. So, yeah. Well, and I'm so glad you brought that up, sort of the onboarding piece of it, because I also tell people, this is your chance to reset your boundaries. So if you know that working out three times a week is important to you or getting outside at lunchtime, build those practices from day one with this new company, talk to your manager about what it, what's important to you, because now is the chance to do it because it's so easy to just dump in the deep end and like give it your all in the beginning, but then you've set those expectations and it's a lot harder to pull those back. So use the new job to also create those boundaries that are going to be important to you. Because while I don't think you can avoid burnout always, like stuff happens, you can at least help set yourself for, up for as much success as possible. Yep, 100%. I guess what other, you know, that that's at like the personal level mm -hmm. from the, from the HR hat, you yeah. know, how are you 
how are you thinking about onboarding new employees and I guess kind of going the extra yard to make sure that those folks are feeling connected and, and everything they need from a company perspective, besides kind of reminding them what they need to be doing individually? Yeah, it's something I talk to a lot of our new hires about is helping them meet people and build relationships. And by the way, not just like literally get to know each other, but that also creates the trust, the psychological safety, the space to have conversations. So it's important no matter what, but I think especially yeah. if, because we're still remote first and we, we will be moving forward. So I think building those relationships remotely is harder um, yeah. because everything's a planned conversation. So we've done a lot of things to try to have more ad hoc organic conversations with random people. Um, But the other thing is we've gotten some feedback from new hires around more buddies. So we're implementing things like a new hire, new hire buddy. So someone who started within the last six months who can kind of help you recognize you know, I don't know what I don't know. Well, they didn't know it either. So they're going to help you realize what you don't know. Um, A peer new hire buddy. So the person that probably used to sit next to you that you could turn to, to ask questions. And then we've always had a cross-functional culture buddy. So someone that you don't work with every day, who's been recognized for living our culture, giving you a chance to get to know the company better. So we've tried, we're trying some of those new buddies, which feels like a lot for folks, uh, especially maybe our more introverted friends, but you can be doing it over Slack if that's more comfortable to you, but it just gives you more people to meet and interact with in an organization while you're sitting, you know, in your bedroom or your dining room table. Yeah. Super interesting. It's it's a similar theme that we've heard from Mm -hmm. some of our other, uh, some of our other customers, but it's, I'm always fascinated to hear how uh, HR leaders like yourself are approaching this because it is, I mean, it's, Still is new, and from what I've seen, nobody has uh, nobody has cracked cracked the code yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are all learning from each other at this point. Yeah. We're all trying yeah. to figure it out. Um, exactly. And and that's the other thing I encourage folks too is you know if your company if you're listening to this episode or you're watching this video and you don't have you know, you're not in HR or you're not a manager, it doesn't mean that you can't help bring this to your organization. So talk if you don't have a platform like Boone or you're feeling like your company is not focused enough on helping with burnout, you know, reach out to your HR partner, reach out to your manager, find someone who can maybe help you help you help the company be better at this. Um, Cause I want to, you know, everybody has a part to play in building a great culture. So even if you aren't the quote unquote decider, bring this up to those deciders to help get a better uh, opportunity in your organization. You know, the two most common themes that we've seen employees wanting to work on are coping with stress, anxiety, and burnout mm-hmm. and leadership development. And, you know, we feel like this is a, it's a universal challenge right now. And if you're an employer who's not dealing with it, you're, you're turning a blind eye to it. (laughs) And, uh, and so, you know, we see this, you know, the millennial and Gen Z generation now make up a majority of the workforce and there are new expectations for how you're, you're going to be thinking about investing in their personal and professional growth. So um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting world and I feel like we're all, we're all getting better for it. So Yeah, I was, it's, it's a benefit of all the chaos around us is that at least we're starting to focus on what I think are more important things and really helping the people and the humans uh, on our teams and, and helping them figure out the right path forward for them. So, so 
Thank you so much for sharing your own story and showing your own vulnerability, but then also everything that you do for companies and teams and individuals to help them figure out their own path forward. Is there any sort of final thoughts or if anyone remembers just one thing from this, one final tidbit to walk away with? Find gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, ultimately when, when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or burnt out, you know, all the, all the habits in the world don't, don't always solve whatever challenges you're going through. Just try to find gratitude in whatever it might be for me. It's my, it's my family and all the other amazing things I have in my life and, you know, really just finding that gratitude. So I found that to be my, my number one tip. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you again so much. Uh, We will make sure all your contact information uh, and how to connect with you is listed in the show notes and as we share the episode out there. So thank you again. I'm so glad we finally had a chance to do this. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Shine at Work podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Leaving a review takes just a few minutes and truly helps other people find the podcast. If you want to learn more about how I work with people to help transform their careers and shine brightly in their lives, let's connect. I work with amazing humans one-on-one to help them make a career change, go for that promotion, set career goals, and build a plan for success for a new job. I also lead group programs for new managers that are navigating this huge change in their careers and entrepreneurs who are building their teams for the first time. If any of that sounds like it could be helpful for you, you can email me directly at karen at karendweeks.com or message me through Instagram, LinkedIn, or my website. I just want to give a final shout out as always to Astronaut Go Home for our music and Novice Studios for making the podcast come to life. Until next time, remember that you can and deserve to shine at work.